Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the Foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the Do Good Village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Warning, freak whole shit ahead. If you're a virgin or you've been in a pandemic so long that your hymen grew back, proceed with caution. This is your weekly roundup episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. Freak Ho Edition. Let's go. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! I had to give y'all a disclaimer this week. Look, <laughs> after this week of TV that we got... My God, my God, I had to I had to give y'all a little disclaimer before starting this episode. It's a lot of freak ho shit coming up. Y'all know I'm kicking it right off with Atlanta because why the hell would I wait? Before I get to that, though, let me just put a couple disclaimers out there. One, I'm not going to touch on the new episodes of New Jersey and Salt Lake City, the final part of the reunion, mostly because I didn't get to watch them yet. I've been recording with other podcasts this week. 
and my time has been a little limited, but I'm actually talking about all this stuff on different podcasts. So if you follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast, you'll see all the places where I'm talking about this stuff. I'll be recording with Kim, uh, Kim Asara from the Bravo East Coast Housewives this week, and we're going to talk all things Jersey. That's going to be good. Y'all loved it when me and Kim got together to talk about everything Bravo uh, once before, I think that was last year at some point, we're doing it again, getting together. Uh, we'll talk about all things New Jersey, most likely. I'll probably touch on Salt Lake City there, but I'm going to touch on actually New Jersey and Salt Lake City from last week. Just the big points, really the two things that I want to talk about right now on this podcast. And that is Teresa versus Jackie and crazy ass Mary Cosby. I don't even know where to begin. Let's just start off with Teresa versus Jackie. The only thing I'm really going to say about their Jersey premiere is that a lot of y'all are, you know, we're tree huggers. A lot of y'all are team Teresa. A lot of y'all are Jack holes or whatever (laughs) y'all are calling yourselves. You know, you're team Jackie. I'm team. Both of y'all got heads full of hair, but y'all doing a lot of bald head hoe shit. That's the team I'm all. I'm also team entertainment because y'all entertained the hell out of me. And that was one of the best premieres I've seen in eons. I'm also team. Both of your asses are wrong and y'all need to cut the shit out, but I'm also team. Keep that shit going because I want a great season of New Jersey. So with that being said, did Teresa go too far talking about all that shit at Evan's birthday party? Absolutely. Teresa was a dog with a bone. She just could not give it up. Teresa knows her role on this show. She plays it well. Does it go too far? Duh. Every every fucking season it goes too far. That shouldn't be a shock by now. That's like saying, oh my God, Giselle is messy. Yes, I love messy ass Giselle. Giselle is messy as fuck. We know that. Why are y'all surprised? We shouldn't be. Should we be holding her accountable? That's up to y'all. Did these reality TV people... I don't know if we can hold anybody accountable no more because they do a lot of a whole lot of bald head whole shit just like Jackie and Teresa were doing on this episode. Now, Jackie, let me give you a little piece too. Jackie, you knew that analogy was gonna get on her skin. That's why you did it. I don't like when people hide behind semantics and being like, oh no, well, it was just an analogy. You know, I didn't I wasn't gonna do that child. You knew what the hell you were doing. Just own up to this shit. Be a boss, bitch. Say, you know what? I said it. What you gonna do, Teresa? You gonna punch me? You ain't gonna do nothing. Throw a chair. Push Andy Cohen. What you gonna do? See, just boss up. Say that shit. Ain't nobody mad at you. Just say it. But see, you know, I'm I'm a little more real than that. But uh, it, it it's okay. As long as y'all keep delivering the way y'all are delivering. I'm 100% okay with y'all keep acting a fool and acting an ass on that camera because I enjoyed all 59 minutes and 59 seconds of that episode that y'all gave us. Now, the second quick thing I want to touch on before I get deep off into this episode, Mary Cosby. Child, you were winning and you just couldn't stand to win. You had to open your damn mouth. I don't know, Mary, I don't know what the hell you was talking about at the reunion. The only conclusion I came to is that you were actually displaying some colorism. Child, I'm going to talk about basketball wives in a minute, but I'm also, I got to give basketball wives a taste, okay? I'm a, I don't even know if I want to talk about basketball wives after this week because they have been annoying the hell out of me. And I'm going to explain why, but they've been annoying me. But Mary Cosby, I don't know what the hell you were doing at this reunion. 
you talking about you thought your husband was white. He ain't white. The girl had to say, no, he light, light, white, light, white. I used to play with a light bright. I, you were doing a lot, Mary. I don't know what the hell we were supposed to gather from this. And then you 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 doubled down on a lot of your comments. But you were being I, I appreciate you being honest about a lot of the stuff you were saying. But Mary, I don't know what none of that was you were given. But I mean, you you gave what needed to be given. Child, you were barely on the damn season, and you contributed. You were the MVP of part one, and you were the entire talking point of part two. So she, Mary, you winning, but I feel bad for you because people like you, I, I know Mary Cosby's. I know Mary Cosby's at church, uh, in the hood. I know Mary Cosby's, hell, might be a couple of Mary Cosby's in my family. Women like Mary, self-hating, don't look down on darker skinned black people. Don't see the beauty in dark blackness. Don't see the beauty in blackness in general because child, the way she lighted her skin up, you you know what? That's the conversation for another day. Mary, I just need you. You, I don't know. You did a lot at that reunion. I can't even speak on it because, oh boy, Mary, that was a lot. Everything from the complexion of your husband to not knowing whether you said the Seven uh, Eleven comments to not knowing anything else in life. You seem real confused. And I will say, though, one of the things about Mary, that whole part about her, the stingy, you stingy, that part, I I give a little more credence to that because I've heard those kind of sermons in church. And, you know, the pastors always think they're being funny and stuff. So I don't know. Mary, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm not even talking about Salt Lake City this week. Let me move on to that big dick swinging bolo because... We got we got way more important things to talk about. Also, I'll be on J and J's podcast, uh, Housewives on Display, coming up very soon. And we dive, we you know, we dove heavily into the Bolo episode of Atlanta. I'm go, I'm gonna get into it here, <laughs> but I want y'all to check that out too. I'll of course on Instagram tell y'all when that comes out. But let's go ahead and get into the episode of Atlanta that we have been waiting to get into. It was the Bolo premiere, baby, and he was dipping and doing it and swinging it and windmilling it and uh, putting it on foreheads and putting it in mouths. He was doing a lot, y'all, and I'm ready to talk about every inch of it. I mean, I'm ready to talk about every piece. I'm ready to talk about it, shit. Everyone coming back from dinner and putting on a freak hoe welcome to the dungeon outfits. Random, but I love seeing Candy and Portia actually having a good time together. Them laughing and joking about not wanting to put on a mask because she's wearing a freak hoe mask and wanting it raw and unprotected. You know, we, we love a double entendre. We love a double entendre, honey. I loved it. Also, the amount of P-Valley references in this one episode, I mean, I live. If you haven't watched P-Valley yet, get you a Stars membership and just go to work. Go ahead and binge that whole first season before season two come on. Memphis, stand up. First, we got P-Valley. Now we got, uh, well, no, first we had Hustle and Flow. <laughs> then we got P-Valley. Then we got Buried by the Bernards. Child, I don't know if none of that shit uh, some of the Memphis need to be proud of, but hey, at least we got barbecue. 
we see Cynthia coming down the steps and she officially enters the dungeon. They had whips and chains and and Django unchained and all kind of shit. Let me tell you something. They tried Kenya. They tried the hell out of Kenya. Them sound effects when she was opening up her legs and shit, baby, I hollered. They didn't have to do Kenya like that. They started giving those damn introductions and everybody's using their whore name. You heard me, their whore name. You had Dynasty. You had Chocolate. You had Peach Juice. You had uh, 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 Splits and Giggles. I don't know if that was one, but you had a whole lot of them. Child, they said Titty Scent was acting like an auntie, so they gave her her bridal bachelorette outfit. Oh, I'm glad Marlo went up there though, cause child Cynthia was putting on, she was trying to put on a, a robe and all the slippers and shit, socks. Cynthia, don't put all that shit on. Just come down, butt ball ass naked like the rest of us, and just have a good time. So you can go back and report back to Mike Hill all this new shit you learned. Now, let me stop and give Candy her props for a minute. Baby, Candy, you might sound like three cats fighting in a parking lot when you sing, but don't you ever let anybody tell you you ain't the best freak nasty mistress on the motherfucking planet. She made Cynthia put that vibrator in her lingerie and she made it vibrate on that. Listen, this episode gave me everything I needed and bolo wasn't even in the picture yet they finally go outside for the big reveal and baby it's bolo in all of his bolong glory child bolo had on a chanel outfit from etsy bitch i don't know who made that outfit but it came straight off of etsy bitch you know etsy you can you can't find shit else like in the you can't find shit in macy's or uh goddamn dillard's or nothing like that but baby somebody made it and put it on etsy i know i know the fuck that's right and marlo called out that fake shit that was the funniest shit in the world baby that outfit was inauthentic but that dick was real. Let me tell you something about that. Cynthia was over there calling it a pee-pee child. With all that length and girth, that's a dick, okay? Baby, that's Captain Hook, okay? That's Big Dickulous. That was a dick, okay? The dick was so big that Cynthia didn't even know what state she was in. That girl thought she was in North Carolina. She was actually in South Carolina. Child, Cynthia, look, if you can't handle the dick, what, what Trina said, don't handle, you know what, let me, <laughs> this is about to go in a whole nother direction, and this podcast is already uh freaky enough as it is with this episode, so let me just, let me, let me keep moving forward. They go back upstairs, and Candace starts handing out $4,000 worth of money like a motherfucking boss. You better flex on them, Candy. You better flex on them whores. Now, see, that's a rich bitch. You know, Candace, I'm a rich bitch. I know that's right, Candy. Baby, they was throwing that money at Bolo, and his dick was catching every goddamn dollar. Cynthia, cheap ass, making it drizzle, throwing them damn $3 bills. Girl, that ain't even your money. You were just, that lady just gave you that money. That was not your money. Get that lady hurt to get that man that shit. It's uh, nine, ten of y'all in the damn room. Let that man make some money. He came all the way from Atlanta. Get that long dick ass man some money. Don't do him like that, uh, Cynthia. Cheap ass. You trying to take this shit back to uh, back to Atlanta so she can put someone on that high ass wedding she was having. 
let me just throw it out there. One of the funniest lines to me in this episode came from Shamia. That lady said, <laughs> that lady said, Kenny over there throwing that money and she could have spent that shit on the food that she didn't give us yesterday. Baby, they are not getting over their food, not being there no time soon. Them motherfuckers wanted crab cakes and all kind of shit. Listen, I'm not mad at y'all. If I'm on vacation, you better feed me. After Bolo finally exits, they bust out the sex swing. Now, I had to get on Bedroom Candy and see how much one of them motherfuckers cost. It was like $89 for all you freak hoes listening that want to try it out. Now, look, if you go put it up there, you better uh, remember to lock that door. Somebody open that door on your ass. And <laughs> your child coming there trying to see what the hell going on. What's all that banging and thudding and colliding and uh, scoping on the damn floor. And your ass then uh, fell out that goddamn swing because you forgot to lock that door. Let me tell you something. Me and my Uber Eats man, the delivery man that bring up the Uber Eats, we can have some fun with that motherfucking sex wing. Listen, <laughs> you you bringing me my Wendy's, my large chocolate frosty, my large fry, unseasoned, so that mean they got to make them fresh. Then you just tell them to put some, some salt on there. Listen, don't play. We can have some fun with that. Let's eat first and then <laughs> let me clear out. And then, you know, we, okay, look, I'm, I'm getting a little bit into it. Okay. When Kenya says, what happened? You know, she drove, what happened to Boho? <laughs> Portia horny ass goes to get Bolo and says they'll turn the cameras off. That was his main concern. Baby, they just want to party. Okay. He says, she, you ain't saying nothing but a word. Candy makes sure that the cameras go down and they start covering up every camera around the house that they can find. Candy said, fuck them cameras. I came here to be a freak -a leak, okay? I ain't talking about Petey Pablo. We the freak a goddamn leak. Production leaves, and the first thing you hear Portia say is, Where is Bolo and his thing? Shamia said, Girl, you just trying to hunch, and Portia said, I'm a lesbian tonight, bitch. I know that's right, Portia. Get it how you live, whether you need to be straight, lesbian, or what. Have a good time at that motherfucking bachelorette party. Throw, throw that ass in the circle, throw it sideways, throw it up, throw it down, throw it around, throw it however you need to throw it. Just make sure that the next morning you're ready to go fishing. Child Portia hopped up the next morning. She was ready to go in that motherfucking bathing suit, dressed all goddamn wrong. Side note, <laughs> during this episode, it was at this point where they showed a commercial for the new season of Married to Medicine. And yes, God, bish, they are just around the corner. That part, let me tell you something, Toya and Contessa, uh -huh, they ready to bring the, the, they ready to gang bang in the emergency room, okay? They knocking and bucking in the ICU I love every minute of it. Contessa said, who are you talking to? Toya said, the person I'm looking at. I know that's right. See, that's the kind of Bravo entertainment we deserve during this Bolo episode, okay? We deserve all of it. You going from Bolo to Married to Medicine, uh, knucking and bucking in the ICU, and then you going right back to Bolo. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. The next morning comes, and baby, we get the recaps. Kenya old uh, cock-blocking ass couldn't wait to tell it. See, I appreciate Kenya as a viewer, but damn, I would never want to party with her ass. Kenya says she, her babysitter 
was with uh Brooklyn. So she came downstairs for a second and you know she came to scope out the scene. She sees Senia uh not Senia, child with the lady night, Cynthia looking at Bolo's big old thing. She sees Portia and Latoya slurping and burping on top of each other. See you know, Kenya, uh, wannabe lesbian ass kept coming back to see the shit. Drew was upside down on the table. Bolo was giving out group hugs. Nasty ass. Latoya was shaking ass. Kenya says that she went downstairs at like 6.30 in the morning. She heard moans and groans and grunts and punts all from the hallway and child, somebody was screwing the damn stripper. Listen, if you single, and you horny, why the hell not? Listen, Bolo uh showing that body on Instagram. He's showing it everywhere. If he want to fuck, let him fuck. You know what? Let me <laughs> let me stop. This this episode will get me put the hell up off of, uh, off of Apple Podcasts. They, they, they'll let me stay on Google, but they're going to keep me the hell off of Apple Podcasts, child. Let me stop before uh, I lose any kind of sponsorships I'm trying to get. Later on in the morning... Cynthia and Drew began to recap things themselves. Cynthia said everybody was whopping and busting it wide open. They said Portia legs were wide open, honey. They said Portia was on the floor. Then Tanya was on top of her. Then uh, uh, Toya was on top of her. And baby, they said Shamil was over there waiting in the wings, baby. She was just waiting for a turn. She wanted to be tagging. You know, on WWE, you got to tag your partner in. She, I guess she was partners with Tanya. She was just waiting. Kind of hot. You know, when you... That move you doing, you about to jump in the double dutch ring. She trying to double dutch, honey. She trying to double dutch. She waiting to get tagged in, tagged in. Ain't nobody tagged in. So Shamir ass was just over there looking. Be happy, Shamir. You a married woman with a child. Don't you know? Don't <laughs> don't get tricked into uh into WWE tag teaming out of your goddamn marriage, okay? Shamir, Shamir, Shamir. I could teach you a lesson, okay? You. In threesomes or foursomes or fivesomes or tensomes, whatever this was, you got to get in where you fit in. Don't nobody like a scary punk during a threesome. You got to be aggressive. You got to jump in there. Like just, you know, like nibble on her ear or, 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 or grab a titty. You know, do something. You can't just be standing over there because then people going to think you the ops. You can't be the ops, okay? You got to be a willing participant if you're going to be in a threesome. You can't just be watching because then you look like a snitch bitch. And I don't want nobody to call you a snitch bitch because I'm really liking you this season, Shamia. Don't be a punk bitch or a snitch bitch, okay? Most of the ladies get ready to go on this little boat ride or whatever the hell it is. But some stayed at the house because they needed time to recover. Kenya said it smelled like Bedusi in there. I hollered. I feel like out of all the reality TV that we've gotten, especially with uh, majority black cast, this is one of the few times I've ever heard the term Bedusi used. Now, because, you know, we said, I said Bedusi probably on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think I've said Bedusi on this podcast before, as a matter of fact. For those of you who don't know, Bedusi is an amalgam, you know, it's an amalgamation of butt, dick, and pussy. You know, so, you know, the, add that into your vocabulary. You know, if you walk in somewhere and you, what's that smell? It, it, it smells like Bedusi in here. You, there you go. 
You can thank me, write me a letter, uh, buy me a coffee. I ain't, child, I ain't even signed up for no damn uh, buy me a coffee app, but you know what I mean. Shit. <laughs> After we determined it smells like Badussi, Kenya tried to start telling T, and Candy had to let her know what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. Like, why you got to be told that what happens in the dungeon stays in the goddamn dungeon? Side note, hearing Cynthia say that she stayed and watched <laughs> for at least 20 minutes was hilarious. Cynthia was like, she, I can't participate, but I can watch this shit. See, Cynthia, your friends ain't as good as they need to be. I would have told you, I would have said, sin, Eden ain't cheating. Eden ain't cheating. Eden ain't cheating. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Everybody say it after me. Eden ain't cheating. Clap along with me. Eden ain't cheating. Seth, you could have fun. Eden ain't cheating. You got to get in there with the toy. Eden ain't cheating. You could have bust your wide open. Eden ain't cheating. I'm just saying. Somebody should have told you. Mal didn't teach you, but hey, that's okay. Let me stay out of grown folk business, okay? The line of the episode. I just want to know whose pussy got murdered up in these sheets. Child, Kenya, the detective slash judge, emerges. She all up in them damn people's business. Toya had proof that it wasn't her, though. She said, uh-uh, I wouldn't get my cheeks clapped. So Kenya had to uh, drop all the charges against her until all the other folk came out. Latoya not knowing what the hell uh, exonerated meant was hilarious. Now, look, <laughs> I would have said a uh, uh, layman's term, motherfucker. Don't, t- don't say no damn exonerated. What that mean? Am I going to jail or not? Do I got to get somebody to uh, keep my kids while I go to the big house? Do I need Phaedra to help come get me the hell out of child? You'll wind up like uh, Bobby Brown. Don't call Phaedra. <laughs> Let me stop slandering Phaedra. Phaedra, I love you. I just found out we got the same horoscope sign. So, well, one, hold on. It is a child. Let me stop because if I try to tell y'all, I'll be fucked up all this stuff. Moon, it ain't moon rising. Sun, listen, we somewhere similar, Phaedra, okay? I think it's round out. Somewhere around the sun, okay? You do a lot of sneak shit, too. No, I'm just playing. I don't. <laughs> Let me get off of Phaedra, okay? Let me move on with this story. The other ladies come to the pool, and they get interrogated by Kenya as well. They all start to see that they need to be really kind of careful around her because she was ready to wreck marriages just like uh. Mart's nose ring ruined hers. <laughs> she was ready to wreck it all. She didn't give a damn who's in the way. The other ladies show up to get on that pontoon boat. Not a damn yacht. On a, 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 a pontoon boat or a, a tuna fish boat. It was something. Some small, honey. And reality set in for their ass. Marlo had to take them damn high ass heels off. And she had to put them fuzzy slippers on. That was the funniest shit in the world. Only Marlo. Showing up dressed like uh she going to the Oscars to go fishing. And child caught a damn shark. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> I would put, but you know what? Her and Dorit are unmatched. Like, I would put Erica Jane in that category, but I don't know her. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that, that I, I just don't know her. I don't, you know, I, I don't acknowledge her. Sorry. Get them people their money back. Okay. 
Um, they come back and they want to figure out the food. Okay. This was when Candy and Latoya figured out that Kenya was trying to put a suspect list together. Like she motherfucking Perry Mason or Dick Tracy. Oh, let me not say Dick Tracy. <laughs> not Dick. Okay. Candy. Let me tell you something. Candy got Kenya's ass right together in that confessional. Kenya says something along the lines of, I stood there for 45 minutes listening or something like that. And Candace said, 45 minutes? You made your baby wait for 45 minutes? Child, there she gonna come back up with the reunion. I know that. That was, ooh wee. That was messy. But Candy, guess what? I loved every minute of it. Candy, you showing your ass this season. I love this side of you. See, the people, not me, the people been saying you've been kind of boring on this show. But... I, I, you giving it this season. I like what you're doing, and uh, child, and block taking uh shots at your ass on social media, child. Candy, let me find out you got a storyline. I'm okay, girl. Too busy being messy to take care of sweet precious Brooklyn. I know that's right. You also start to see Latoya getting a little fed up and annoyed with Kenya. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Now see, you were on that private plane getting that kitty clicked on the way there, and now you don't want to kin your tongue no more. See, you you better work it out for your love of Latoya. I don't want to see, I hate seeing black love break up. <laughs> Let me quit, because I, I don't know what they did on their plane. Let me stop. The real shifting point of this season starts to happen on this episode. Cynthia tricks Marlo and Kenya into talking, they first go to the door and, you know, she's like, it's Cynthia. And Kenya's like, oh, come in. And then she stops for a minute and she says, and Marlo, child, Kenya got quiet as hell. <laughs> they like, damn, can we come in or not? Once they actually got inside, they talked about the way they've attacked each other in the past. Like uh, saying Kenya's mother doesn't want a relationship with her. Marlo, she dug deep deep i mean she dug deep down in her diaphragm where that deep voice comes from and she apologized to kenya kenya shockingly actually reciprocated beautiful i love it just black love i just i just love to see it just getting along and happy and just just i I just love to see it you know who didn't love to see it portia chad was funny though production flashback and it's crazy to see how long both of them have actually been on this show. You don't realize Marlo joined season four and Kenthia, I about to say Kenthia, child, what's the lady name? Kenya. Kenya joined in season five. We have known these people for like a decade now. That's absolutely insane to me. I mean, I love to see it. We love to see uh, long running cast members, child. My bet Marlo check bigger than some of the other housewives on other franchises, so... Go ahead, Marlo. I'm not mad at you. I want you to keep winning. Shamia goes to tell Tanya and Portia about what Kenya's been doing, that she heard sex noises and everything coming from, quote-unquote, Portia's area. (laughs) At the time, Marlo and Kenya are basically comparing notes, too. And apparently, Marlo heard everything that Kenya heard, child. Portia has now declared war. She says, typical Kenya, no hands and a punk, child. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I don't know if lies were told, but child, ooh, we no hands and a punk. Okay, now that's a that's an album cover right there. No hands and a punk. 
the d- dynamics in Atlanta are about to change, y'all. Latoya's over it. Porsche's over it. Tanya's over it. Marlo and Switch Size, child, and then made over Kenya. Shit is getting weird in Atlanta. <sighs> Let's go ahead and talk about this trash-ass episode of The Bachelor. Child, it, it's hometown week. And just to recap, we got Serena. Child, I don't know if it's PC, uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, or G. It's one of them Serenas. Bree, Michelle, and that raggedy ass Rachel with the extra letter and the extra racism chromosome. Michelle is the one that's jumping the shit off. She's number one. Michelle goes to get Matt and child. <laughs> they're wearing the exact same lavender color. Michelle said, oh my God, we're wearing the same color. Girl, what you don't know is he almost bought that same blouse. You need to get you a lock on your closet like uh, Tiffany Moon got in Dallas. Just put your fingerprint up there <laughs> and keep that man the fuck up out your closet. She takes this man bike riding like a goddamn kindergartner and they wind up in a classroom now isn't that ironic her students are inside virtually of course on the screen and they get to ask him questions child y'all did the right ones y'all asked the right people i'd be grilling his ass i believe is that man you live with your boyfriend (laughs) is tyler cameron your boyfriend are you only allowed to wear turtlenecks so that your non-melanated viewers find you non-threatening? Why do you make women physically assault each other in the boxing ring to win your heart? Is it because you like a little mat? You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> Look, I'm just theorizing. Don't blame me, okay? Later that night, they go meet her parents. And child, why was I trying to focus on whether or not her daddy was black? What the hell wrong with me? <laughs> but then see, when they said his name was Ephraim, that no longer had the question. See, that's an old black name right there. Ephraim, like uh, Arthur or or Walter or or Jebediah. You know, some some real old like the Bernie. You know, some. I, as soon as I said Ephraim, I was like, okay, yep, he black. That's it. Listen, both of them had solo conversations with Ephraim. And child, this shit was so boring. I was barely paying attention. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. My Girl Scout cookies had finally arrived in the mail when I ordered. <laughs> I'd ordered them a long ass time ago. I was over here uh, planning out my milkshake. I was going to use some French vanilla ice cream. I was going to crush up some tree foil butter cookies and add a little milk, you know, in my Nutribullet. And I was going to show you hoes how to eat. Okay. Anyway, said all that lovey-dovey shit and they kissed and proclaimed their love, whatever. The funny part was that she put his ass in that SUV <laughs> and kissed him goodnight and sent him on the way back to his place. Michelle said, if you go dress like, you know what? <laughs> I have to stop myself sometimes because I was really about to say something. Michelle said, if you go dress like a hoe, then I'm going to treat you like a hoe, okay? <laughs> I'm going to treat you just like one of all them goddamn turtlenecks and matching my color. You've been all in my closet picking out my uh purple blouses and stuff. And now you try, you know what? Ephraim should have said something to your ass, but you know what? We're going to move on because now it's time for Rachel with the extra letter and the extra racism chromosome to take him on her date. Rachel takes him skydiving. Girl, you about to risk your life for Matt James. Matt James. 
Like I could see like Robert Pattinson or Chris Evans or or maybe Carl from Summerhouse, but Matt James, child, I guess hell. This <laughs> this might be a win win for the viewers because we sick of both of y'all asses. Rachel might as well not have even uh had a parachute at all the way she slammed so hard in that motherfucking ground. <laughs> Baby, she slammed she slammed the way uh Geraldine got thrown through them damn bricks on WandaVision. You know what? Let me try to keep these episodes separate because I was about to go on a whole WandaVision rant, but let me not. They go to meet the parents that night and nope, nope, nope. Get out, Matt. Get out. Jordan Peele, get out. I got the vibes. They were literally the same family from Get Out except there was a sister instead of a brother. The dad from the beginning said, I don't believe that this is going to be love before they even walked in. Look, her daddy <laughs> was just saying all the most negative shit and hadn't even met the man yet. A complete 180 from Michelle's dad, but he gave her that, well, I, I support you no matter what. You know that bullshit line that they give on reality TV. Mr. Rachel, with the extra A in the name, daddy, Please leave and take your raggedy ass daughter with you because I'm sick of all of y'all. Nothing came of this date. They just did the little bullshit they did. And she was expecting a ring for some reason on the date. He didn't give her a ring. Duh. Because we got like five more episodes left. You know they're going to stretch this shit out, child. Next week ain't even a regular episode. They got, you know what. <laughs> Let's go on to Bree. Because now we got our one-on-one -on -one hometown date with Bree. She takes his ass like mudding, like, I don't know, mudding around in a Jeep and then takes him on a picnic where they talk about something. Look, I'll be honest with y'all. I was scrolling through Instagram during this portion of the episode. Y'all know these damn Bachelor episodes be long as hell. <laughs> Bree said something about not having a conventional family or something like that. And he was like, oh, me too. And... Then they, you know, they went and messed her bestie who her name is Bree too and her mama fine and yeah, okay, bye. You know, that that one it wasn't giving me what I need. I child all three this whole episode was boring, but I'm let me keep going for the sake of y'all, because I know I got some Bachelor Nation viewers out there. I'm trying to stay with it. But honestly, I'm ready to get back to the Bachelorette. When that start? Well, actually, I'm ready to get to my first season of bachelor in paradise if they're doing that because i heard that i heard that's what's off the chain now i want to i want to watch that let's watch that when that come on serena's turn comes at some point and they learn about canada i i mean i guess that's fun you know tanya took the real housewives to toronto but she took him to a room i mean i guess you know i guess that's fun they ate ham and they dipped it in syrup and they looked at maps. I think that's fun, I guess. I'm more of a, you know, they drink way too much at Top Golf and potentially try to fight the people in the area next to ours, then run out on the bill kind of guy. But whatever. I mean, it, it seems fun. So I won't knock it. I will say her family actually seems the best to me. They seem genuinely fun and sweet and just all of those other niceties that you can think to describe somebody's family. 
they expressed their concerns on a, you know, a one-on-one level. But when they were all together, it seemed like they had a good time. Serena ends up breaking down though, because of her last relationship and how it went just kind of completely bad. She's in her own head at this point. She expresses all of that to him. And I actually appreciate his response of don't keep all of that to yourself. You can always, you know, be yourself around me. You can always express this kind of stuff to me. And that weight is a lot to carry. And Yorda, Yorda, Yorda. Child, once she puts him in the car, <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm just saying. Once she puts him in the car and sends him off like a hookup from the club, she says she doesn't even know if she wants to be with that man. I know that's right, Serena. Guess what? You don't. I promise you, you don't want to be with him. Later on, Chris Harrison hypes Matt James up to go have a conversation with Serena. Now, what you go and do that for? What you do that for? That lady broke the dog fuck out of that man's heart. She says, you're not my person. I'm not there. I I thought about it, you know, so much. And I've been emotionally torn up about it. Matt sat there with the stuck face the stuck face it was a long awkward silence it was longer than candace and monique's actual physical fight with them people in the barn like it was a it was a long matt hit me with something i wasn't expecting he had her walk him downstairs and put him in that truck <laughs> now see tasia would have booted his ass right out of there out of that damn castle but i will say this I felt genuinely bad for Matt. I did. I'll say that when he was sitting up there crying over that lady. And I mean, he was shedding some, some real tears. He had real tears coming out of his eyes, or at least he was, you know, courteous enough to go to the bathroom and kind of splash some water all on his face to make us think he's crying. That that's fine too. Just at least sell me the illusion because child, <laughs> I need to look this episode finally ended. Um, I hate the fact that they actually went forward with a rose ceremony. That man had three roses and three women. Boy, fuck you. We did not end this damn episode so we can go get drunk and go to sleep. See that The Bachelor, y'all better be lucky y'all got this women tell all or whatever it's called for the women episode because I'm, I'm ready for that. Let's go on to Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh, there was a new episode because I sat my ass on my couch after I got through recording with somebody, had me a bowl of uh, boodles and noodles or whatever the hell I was about to eat. About to wash that child. It was a, uh, uh, who was it? Chrisley knows best or whatever it's called. Child, who asked for this? Who, who asked for this? Like y'all keep giving us a whole lot of shit we didn't want. I didn't ask for this. Now I know I get on here and complain about Carrie and Cam every damn week, but I wanted to complain about Carrie and Cam this week. I didn't get to do that. That was taken from me. I don't know who made that choice, what executive at NBC decided this, but it was it was definitely a choice. I don't like that. I don't like that. Let's move the hell on from them and go to Basketball Wives, which let me go ahead and warn y'all off the top. This this I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to stick with Basketball Wives. They getting on my last goddamn nerve. Like my last nerve. 
random, but Shawnee and Evelyn kicking off this episode by talking about the COVID struggle was funny as fuck to me. They was talking about uh, folk taking their mask off. If somebody coughs and sniffles, and you know the crazy looks you give them, trying to uh, fight folk in the stores for Clorox and Lysol wipes and paper towels. Child, do y'all remember them beginning days of COVID? That was some, that was some good bullshit we were going through. Malaysia arrives and basically reminds us of why her and Jackie are beefing. Jackie, remember last season, was spreading those rumors about Malaysia getting evicted and not taking care of her kids. You know all this stuff. Chatter since she was running around with uh Zell swag so much, and that's why she can't dress and pay her bills. Y'all didn't hear that from me. That's all a legend now. <laughs> this also kind of shows us that Jackie and her uh kind of few-ass partners she got are in the other house. And not in Evelyn's mansion. So there are two different mansions for this whole quarantine experience. Jennifer and OG arrive. Of course, they arrive to Jackie's mansion and discuss whether or not they're into making amends. Child, I'm over this shit already. Liza and Kristen arrive to Evelyn's mansion, but no Phoebe or Phoebe, as I call her. Evelyn gives her a call and child... I got flashbacks and PTSD and everything else you want to you wanna call it. Phoebe says, or Phoebe, says that she's been exposed to COVID and she's in quarantine. Oh, let me tell you, Phoebe, I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. It feels like yesterday. I remember just... Sitting there when I got the text message saying my cousin wasn't feeling well. I said, oh, shit. Then I got a text message about two hours later saying they had tested positive. I said, oh, shit. I went about a week and a half without feeling one symptom. And then suddenly I couldn't smell. Child, it was a whole thing. I went through the ups. I went through the downs. My whole damn household. Child, this dog might have been sick too. I don't even damn know. I just, we we just went through the ringer here. <laughs> uh, Febby, I feel for you if you got it. If you don't, fuck you. Liza talks to Shawnee about her issues with Lamar Odom. Who, if y'all don't remember, that's her baby daddy or her ex-husband rather. There's a college fund that they, you know, had set up for the kids that was only for college. Apparently Lamar never responds when she reaches out to him, when the kids reach out to him. She needs that money within the next 60 days and that man is paying them dust. See, I got a feeling that this storyline is going to end in tragedy. Absolute tragedy. Lamar went through some severe problems, including drug usage. So I can only hope and pray that that college fund is still alive and well. Because man, oh man, you know, we know some, we've heard some Lamar stories. He's told us a lot of those stories. So we can only hope that that college fund is still safe and intact. Jackie pops by them people's house. <laughs> Malaysia can't even be bothered to speak to Jackie. Jackie commenting on the fish in the tank, the, the flowers in the garden, the embroidery on the pillows, and chat Malaysia ass over there on Instagram uh, making reels and stories and shit. During that visit, though, Kristen makes it known that she wants to talk to OG because of her feelings about 
racism in the group and colorism. Evelyn says that she can't talk to her because of the lies that she spread and she starts getting emotional, you know, doing that same crying that Evelyn ass do every single episode, child. Let me tell y'all something that I didn't realize before. And I feel like it's the biggest epiphany across all of reality TV. Jackie Christie and Mary Cosby from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City dressed the exact same. Chad, I don't know if none of y'all noticed that when Jackie popped up with that fur and that jean jacket and that confessional, I didn't know what to do. I said, oh, I know the ghost of Mary Cosby is somewhere shivering in her grave and that lady ain't even dead yet. Later on, when Shawnee kind of points out that Malaysia was paying Jackie dust when she was over there, Malaysia says that she's willing to talk to her as long as she stops the bullshit, the bullshit, the lies, the lies. In my kid's name, keep them out your mouth. Now, that's what she said, okay? Evelyn also talks about not wanting to mend fences with OG, and she mentioned something about OG posting her 81-year-old grandfather's picture online and talking about his complexion and saying that he's light so he can't be Afro, she can't be Afro-Latina. Chad, you know I misses a whole lot of shit online, so I can't really comment on that, but child, who damn knows? Listen, Shawnee makes them folk some tired-ass lettuce wraps with some chicken that don't look like it's halfway cooked, but they all eat it anyway. Kristen eat that raggedy-ass uh, chicken wrap or lettuce wrap, whatever the hell it is, and she has to talk to OG. Now, child, VH1 ain't shit. They showed their history of having a relationship and has been negative the whole damn time since they both joined the show. With my child, Izzy, is that where he is? Child, y'all remember that when that woman asked Kristen, well, where's your man? He's not here. He said he's with my child, Izzy. See, they just some petty-ass motherfuckers. At the same time, Liza is now telling Malaysia and Evelyn kind of about Lamar and the college fund. Now, see, they all immediately say that they need to get over it, uh, that you really not over Lamar. That's what the hell it is. Listen, I know you fucking lying. No, y'all not telling that woman to move the hell on with her life. That man had whole college funds set up for them kids, and now he ain't answering the phone. That man is basically Scott's tots. <laughs> Michael Scott promised all them damn kids uh, uh, new computers and college educations and all that kind of shit, and now they asses around there looking dumb. Scott's tots, but at least they graduated from college, I guess. Child, listen. Liza! Liza! I'd go around that Negro's house and I'd stand outside with a boom box playing knuck if you buck all damn day. And then I'd switch tracks to let them know I mean business. I'd put on that Jasmine Sullivan, bust the windows out your motherfucking car. Put that on, he'll know that you mean business. He'll stop playing with you and he'll go in his own pocket and he'll get that uh that, that, that motherfucking college fund money out his pocket then. Okay. Now, see, I've been trying to make y'all laugh as much as I can during this Basketball Wives episode because now I got to get serious and it pisses me off and I don't want to talk about this damn show no more. So let me just go ahead and get it over with the crux of this episode and why I wanted to talk about it in general because I wasn't going to watch the episode at all because child, I'll be honest with you, I cut on Dallas the other night. They weren't on. I completely forgot about Basketball Wives. Child, I guess y'all have too. That's why them damn Ravens doing as bad as they doing, but this conversation between OG and Kristen annoyed the fuck out of me. Let me go ahead and give y'all a trigger warning. 
because this might trigger some of y'all, but this whole conversation annoyed me, pissed me off. It made no sense to me. And it was just doing a lot. Let me say my biggest issue. I don't think anyone on this cast is equipped enough to have this conversation about colorism in the manner in which it needs to be had. Let me say that again. I don't think anyone on this cast is equipped enough to have this colorism conversation in the manner in which it needs to be had. (sighs) Not only that, OG is definitely not open enough to have this conversation. It don't matter if Jesus Christ came down off of his cross and told OG that he was sorry about colorism and that it's going on. If she knew the fans wanted her to beef with Jesus, OG would be beefing with Jesus. And that's the problem, not just with OG, but with a lot of reality stars. They do, they perceive themselves in the manner that the fans want them to be. See, that was Dorinda's downfall. And that's OG's was might end up being her downfall. But child, people so damn stupid and annoyed. I don't know what the hell these people thinking. Listen, she knows that the fans hate Kristen and that they love to hate Evelyn. So at no point is it really in her best interest to make up with them anyway. So this conversation before they even get started, before they even get started, seems like a bust to me. So I don't understand why we're going to have it anyway. A conversation about colorism that neither one of y'all want to have. That already puts me on a defensive as a fan. Someone that can actually have this conversation. I'm like, okay, now what are we doing? What are we doing? Before I move forward, let me go ahead and define colorism for a lot of y'all who might not know because it actually comes up in this episode. Colorism is bias, prejudice, discrimination, or inequity based on the relative skin tone, hair texture, and facial features among people of the same race. Now, see, a lot of us, when you think colorism, you only associate it with the skin, but it actually goes a little bit deeper than that. With that being said, OG says, I've never spoken on my emotions, only what I've experienced. Kristen says she's never experienced racism in a group. Duh, you haven't. It's a group of black women. So throwing that term around is already kind of problematic in itself because it's given credence kind of to the notion that minorities are benefiting from racism which they're not. So that's really silly. Only the oppressors can can benefit from racism, from which, you know, it, it goes back to my point that I'm not sure this is the show or the catalyst that needs to spark this conversation, especially when everyone was okay downplaying what Wendy Ostefa was saying at that Potomac reunion. Let's go ahead and get past that, though. Kristen acknowledges that she has probably downplayed OG's experiences in the past, you know, as an African woman, but she says that they should be able to find common ground as black women in America. OG goes on to say that Kristen hasn't experienced it because Kristen has Western features. Then shit completely goes off the rails. OG said that Kristen's comment about the text messages. You remember that whole Ojo Cinco wanted me that that whole saying says that her comments about that were colorist. This is where somebody got to help me. 
Kristen, who was Evelyn's friend, she had said, you know, Evelyn's text messages were hilarious. OG's t having text messages was kind of disturbing. Something along that line. Now, look, I know uh, y'all need to make whatever point y'all want to have on reality TV and y'all need to make it well to keep the fans on y'all side or whatever the hell y'all trying to do. But trying to fit that into the colors box wasn't making sense to me. And so I'm at this whole point, I'm not taking any of this conversation seriously. And that's really what I hate because there's OG. There's a lot you can point to on this show. We're all familiar with this cast, with this show, everything. There's a lot you can point to about colorism and you're building your case around the smallest, pettiest stuff, because it seems like you and Kristen honestly don't have a real issue. Your beef is with Evelyn. Now, if you get Evelyn in the room and have this conversation, that's 1000% better. I'm here for it. I might support that because that will probably, you have a lot more credence in that conversation. Now, Kristen, was she being petty in that moment? Absolutely. All y'all are petty at every single moment on this show, but was it colorist that y'all got to help me with? I don't know. Like, seriously, I, I need help with this because I seriously believe that OG has a case against the cast you know, being colors because they do a lot of stuff, but you're wanting to be mad about the wrong shit. Be mad that they don't use the word aggressive to describe Evelyn when she's jumped across the table at folk. Be mad that she's allowed to throw glasses and bottles and liquor at people and the response is, oh, <laughs> that's just Evelyn making this conversation about like the smallest pieces of nuances that you can find or that you can remember doesn't make sense in this context. And it's doing nothing for this global discussion that we're having about colorism. And it's just, it feels like it's hindering it to me. And I want you to speak about your actual experiences instead of kind of using it as a weapon against the rest of your cast. Cause it seems like y'all all hate each other. And the easiest thing to do was to look online and say, oh, yeah, okay, so they think that everybody on the show is colorist. Let me jump on that bandwagon, too. I don't know. That's the way it felt to me. Y'all might be mad about it. Be mad. I'll fight anybody. Anyway, she also says that Kristen should choose her side because Kristen tends to choose the side of the lighter people instead of being on her side, which is, I guess, the darker skinned people. Y'all, I'm exhausted. Jennifer tries to jump in it and defend OG, but girl, stop it. Every chance you've gotten to be a mean girl on this show and to be a sidekick and a follower to Evelyn, you have taken. You are out of Evelyn's good graces now. You're out of Shawnee's good graces. So now all of a sudden you want to put... Jen, don't pull it. Because we can roll the bean footage. We can actually, we can use the footage that uh, Lisa Barlow was talking about. Roll, what roll footage? We can actually use it for you. And we can pull up a whole lot of stuff. Are you doing some dirty lowdown shit to people? And uh, you get the hell out of my face. Get the hell out of my face. The conversation ends exactly how I expect. No resolution at all. OG don't want to make up with Kristen. That's just the way it is. Kristen probably isn't interested in making up with OG either. She's probably trying to save face because now it's out there that a lot of people think that the cast is colorist. This conversation benefited no one. It helped no one. Go on about y'all business. Leave each other the hell alone. But of course, Kristen goes back and reports everything, everything to the group. 
which is when Malaysia kind of finds out that Jackie was actually low-key defending her in this moment. So maybe we'll get some Jackie and Malaysia resolution during the next episode or sometime during the season, child. I don't know. Uh, fuck all of them. Let's go to Summer House. Summer House picks up at the end of the conversation between Sierra, Luke, and Hannah. The problem is that Luke is definitely a fuckboy, and he kind of expresses himself explosively when he doesn't really need to. <laughs> Sierra pulls him aside and tells him why, basically, he was with the shits. He professes his love for uh, for Sierra and how happy he was that she came to Minnesota. Uh, child, I was about to say Montana. Child, y'all all the same. Uh, she came to Minnesota, but he wasn't ready then. And now he kind of wants to entertain her as a potential girlfriend, child, whatever. Side note, Amanda, you a better friend than I'll ever be. Hannah asked that girl to pick a booger out of her nose because she was too upset to do it. And Amanda obliged girl, please. I, (laughs) I wouldn't do that for nobody. I'm fucking hell. I, I get grossed out. When I see parents sucking snot out of their baby's noses, I if I wouldn't do it to my own toddler, why the hell would I go door the exploring up your damn nose? I, I'm not doing it. Nope. Amanda, you're a better friend than I'll ever be. I want y'all to know I hate everything and everybody because I have to defend Stravi. You know how, how angry that makes me that I got to defend Stravi. So let me just say this spiel. Let me just say this before I get into my, my little spiel. Fuck Stravi with a long sick dick, okay? As a matter of fact, he don't deserve the pleasure of being fucked by a long dick. Fuck Stravi with a short sick dick. How about that? Now, with that being said, y'all are harping on this man having to work all the time, and he works in the hospitality industry. I, as many of you know, work in the hospitality industry as well. I don't, I've, I never really tell y'all the company or what I do or anything like that. I work for one of the corporate headquarters for like one of the, the most known like hotel chains in the world. And so I'm on the business side. I manage a lot of accounts and all that kind of good bullshit. Our industry has taken it's been obliterated this past year because of COVID. It's the hospitality industry. If people can't travel, what the fuck do they need a hotel for? Stravi has to work because those of us that were lucky enough to keep working after 70, 75% of our workforces had been eliminated, we were the ones that were back there doing everybody's job, not just the job that you were hired for. You were doing your job, your coworker that you used to know's job, somebody over here's job, a little piece of your manager's job. You're doing everybody's job during this time. You think I want to sit here and defend Stravi? No, I don't like Stravi. But right is right and wrong is wrong. I got to stand by him because y'all getting mad at this man for working. You know, you know what? Lindsay, I was about to go off on your ass, but I didn't got upset because I got to be back at work soon and I'm not about to do this with you. Do we think Carl and Sierra are going to hook up? God, those are two pretty ass people like that. That's not fair that they don't belong together like that. But if he does date her or hook up with her, it gives my black ass hope. OK, <laughs> bye. <laughs> All I got to do is be a traveling nurse. 
and become super in shape and beautiful and okay, bye. Maybe I can, you know, I can be like that guy that Steven told us about in season two when Carl had to force him. Okay, bye. <laughs> Stravi and Lindsay do end up having another conversation though after she exploded on him early in the episode. Child, I wish y'all would just break the fuck up. Y'all want to be in relationships so bad that y'all will hold on to whatever and whoever and anything y'all can get. And Lindsay, you got to start letting people talk. You are either teetering on the edge of oblivion, ready to explode, or you turn into a, this super villain and then you're either calm, cool, and collected. Like, there's no in-between with you. You're either, ah, or not talking at all. I don't I don't get it, but it's a lot. I mean, y'all end up getting through this conversation and agreeing to both keep trying, but I couldn't keep trying this damn hard with somebody. I know that much. It's something else we need to acknowledge about Lindsay, though. Lindsay, you childish as hell. Quit asking people to finger bang you. That shit is for teenagers who are still discovering their sexuality. You should be politely requesting cock, okay? <laughs> and I say cock because if you still getting finger blasted, you are not ready for dick, okay? Cock will do you just fine. Do not request dick. Ask politely for cock. Now, see, that's a life lesson for some of y'all out there. If it applies to you, use it. I don't know if it applies to any of y'all, but if it applies to you, use it. We end the episode with a dinner with those prepackaged ass chicken patties. Luke ends up pulling Hannah to the side. And apparently we find out that the big miscommunication is that Hannah says she remembers Luke saying, we can put a label on it if you want to, but that complicates things. He says that that never happened. Now, child, both of them say they can never look at each other the same. She uh, she brings up Sierra, you know, how he's throwing her in her face. I don't know who to believe at this point. All I know is that Luke is starting to do his rounds on the podcast. She, he was on Ryan Bailey's podcast. I saw he's going to be on someone else's podcast coming up and he's making himself pretty likable. I'm not going to lie. So maybe he guilty. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he innocent. Maybe he guilty. I really don't know. I just know that Hannah, he's doing a better job of making himself seem likable in this situation. So you better figure it out, girl. The house is now turning into boys versus girls. Child, it's about to be a whole mess. It looked like next episode, they're going to try to whoop Hannah ass. So Hannah, uh, put your good fighting shoes on, baby. Let's move on to my favorite, the bell collector. You know, I just love them bells. Latrice and Letitia meet for drinks, and Letitia finally gets to tell Latrice about buying back the block. She wants her to be an investor just like Marie and Essie. You know, my favorite ball here was. <laughs> she tells her all of the visions and everything. I love that she wants to put free Wi-Fi in the buildings so that other young entrepreneurs won't necessarily have to jump that same kind of roadblock, you know, going to McDonald's and uh, sitting up in there to get that uh, free Wi-Fi and uh, getting burnt the fuck up with that hot-ass coffee just to connect to that AOL internet child. She told her that Marie was going to be an investor, and world, stop. Carry on. Child, she was not trying to hear that shit. You know, Trees do not fuck with Ree, and Ree don't fuck with Trees. So, Trees, I don't think she gave her a definitive answer. She just said, just let me know how I can help in any way, shape, or form. This next scene 
is one of the reasons why I love this show so much. Tambra takes us on a journey about her fibroids. Now, if this isn't the most relatable thing in the world, I'm not a woman, so I don't deal with fibroids, but I can't tell you how many black women in my life that I know have dealt with fibroids, some way more severe than others. I love that this is no longer a point of shame amongst women and it can actually be openly discussed, especially on reality TV. She finds out that four or five of her fibroids are back and that she may actually need surgery if she wants to implant those embryos. Remember, she had her eggs frozen. Uh, I forgot how long ago she said, but, you know, she got babies in the ready to go in the oven. A decision like that, you know, a decision that a lot of people have to make if they want kids, ultimately. I love that uh, Tambra is basically the relatable one on the show now. She's kind of found her niche in that she doesn't necessarily jump crunk with a lot of drama, child, even though that preview for next week told us otherwise. But she's found her place as the kind of level-headed, relatable one on the show, even though you know I relate with Marie because I like the uh, knuck and buck too, bitch. This scene is another one why I love this show too. We get to see Antoinette meeting with doctors and dentists and she's announcing that she's basically opened her own practice, which we've been along for. We've seen that journey for her, for her. <laughs> and that one of the reasons, you know, I love this show. She wants to pay any black person who needs to take the DAT, which is the dental admission test in the state of Mississippi so that they can get into dental school. Yes, God! Antoinette, that's the kind of stuff I like to hear. That's what I love. You better give back to the community. I love that. This whole conversation is amazing. Black doctors talking about giving back and the work that they've already been doing. We love to see it. Child, somehow, uh, Kaylin made her way into the room. I guess they said she a nurse practitioner. So, child, that was excuse enough for Antoinette to invite her. I'm going to leave Kaylin alone, though. Antoinette also mentions, though, the, which is really kind of the reason behind the scene, is that she's going to do something, some dumb with a house. You know, reality folks, they make up any reason to film a scene. Something like uh, it's a house dedication or a cleansing or a child, something, I don't know. All you need to know is that she's not inviting Marie and she's not inviting Letitia because she said they hell on wheels when they're together. What is, I'm a, mm, when I'm apart. But I'm a force when we're together. Child, you make me better. Let me stop. Lord have mercy. It's Latrice and Zaddy's anniversary. And that man didn't get her shit. <laughs> Baby, she was looking through the refrigerator. She was looking through the cabinets. She was looking in the bathroom, in the garage. She checked the chimney. She looked in the outhouse. That lady looked everywhere for a gift and nada. Child, he came in there with some flowers. Hold on, excuse me. Let me say that again. He came in there with some flour. F-L-O-U-R. Flour. I now look, I don't know if it was self-rising or if it was all purpose or what it was, but he ends up blindfolding her and he takes her uh across the property in a golf court and he ends up zaddy having a whole setup out there. A whole little setup. Now, see, she thought he was, uh, he had forgotten about it for real, but Zaddy actually is a sweetheart, turns out. 
He gave her a roll it on TikTok, baby. He had a big neon sign that said love. He had dinner prepared. Okay, Zeddy. <laughs> and child, she fucked around and made a bad joke about him talking to other women. That man got mad. He said, that's some bullshit. He said, don't lie on me, especially in front of these cameras. And that man took off in that golf course, that golf cart and burnt rubber. He got the fuck out of that golf cart was going fast as shit away. If he was on the street, he would have been given one of them tickets for uh going too fast in a residential highway. Okay. Or residential street, whatever the hell it's called. He would have gotten a goddamn ticket though. Side note, <laughs> Latrice quit trying to convince us. That Zaddy is fine, okay? She said he came down them steps looking like Denzel mixed with a little Will Smith and a little Barack Obama child. Let me help you fix that. He might have he might have came down there looking like you know Bob Whitfield mixed with a little Fat Joe mixed with a little Yo Gotti on the side. But that's another story for a different day. I'm not gonna do that with you, Latrice. Quit trying to convince us that Zaddy is fine. You might be able to convince us that he's a good man, but don't try to convince us that the man's fine, okay? We get a scene with my girl Marie, and Marie reveals that her husband, Cedric, ain't been coming around and that they're in a bad headspace. He showed up to that jamboree that she was at or whatever the hell they were doing and shocked the shit out of her. <laughs> Now, what I didn't know was that Marie apparently has been battling lupus for like five years now. She's had it since 2006, and she was on bed rest for a full year. Luckily, though, she got them grandkids, and apparently them grandkids make her feel just so good about herself that she often forgets that she's in pain on her bad days because she loves them grandkids. Them three grandkids. All by her son, child. That, that just won't. I just, okay, let me not. Let me just focus on her doing well. I'm not go. I'm not go. I'm not gonna focus on him. Okay, Antoinette's housewarming. Housewarming. Uh, saging, uh, sipping sea. I, I don't know what the hell this was, but they they start talking about the brunch. You know that that brunch, and Kaylin goes off, especially about Marie. She says, you say one thing and she starts taking off her earrings and shoes and ready to fight. Now, hold on, baby, because that that sounds a little racist. Now, you, you hold on. Now, that sounds a little racial. Hold on. Now, see, this is why I love Tambra. Tambra steps up and she's like, ah, 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 we're not going to do that. I ain't never seen that happen before. I ain't never seen that happen. They all just pretend to kind of ignore Kaylin's ignorant ass comments and they start saging the house. Everybody needs a friend like Latrice because she was sage in that house in the name of finding a big dick black man to find that bedroom. I know that's right, Latrice. Child, she was sage in that room for Bolo. Bolo, make your way to Jackson, Mississippi and find Antoinette. You know, she got her heart broken by uh, the last white man she was with. So I guess they're trying to put a black man on her and he let him stretch her out. And uh, child, let me stop. <laughs> The episode ends with Latrice giving Zeddy a redo anniversary night since she sent that man away, flying away from that damn golf course in a hundred miles an hour. 
He forgives her, and then she eventually gets that roll it on TikTok back. Now, see, she says she went to sleep with that Rolex on a nightstand and woke up, and that man had taken that shit back. I know that's right, daddy. You ain't finna uh keep that high-ass Rolex, and you've been accusing me of cheating. You got me fucked up. Child, let's move on to the last show I'm going to talk about, Little Women Atlanta. There are a couple scenes in this episode that I want to focus on in particular. So the first one is when Abira is on the phone with her mom talking about all of the constant negative interactions that she has with the twins. Most recently at that whole shaman thing or shy man is Shirlene, AKA Miss Juicy Baby says at one point you hear her mama say, you probably want to rip every ounce of skin off of her. Am I the only one that flashback? to this season of the bad girls club where Camila was on the phone with her mama and she ran out there ready to fight Amy. <laughs> Do anybody else remember that? Now that was a moment in reality TV history. Her mama was going off while Camila was out there swinging and slow singing child. Then mama said, whoop that ass Camila. Then have your aunt Lily come get you. <laughs> I know that's right. Lily come get her Lily. Amanda goes to the rehearsal with Dallas and she reveals that she barely be practicing talking about, well, you know, I be singing and, you know, in the shower and, you know, sometimes where I be driving, ma'am, if you go, it's going to take a lot more than that. Imagine if Beyonce, you know, if she became the first black woman to headline Coachella by just singing in the shower. Matthew Knowles demanded a whole lot more than that. She had to run on the treadmill with tube socks and heels while she was singing full songs just to build up her endurance. She gave up everything but Jesus in order to fit into them Coachella outfits. She had to sacrifice. You got to sacrifice, Amanda. Then that man asked what is many done for her because she ain't got no damn bookings. Child, she said, nah, shit. <laughs> he said, that's the very reason why friends can't be managers for you. Alva, drop her and get a real manager, child. Don't drop many, many. I ain't did nothing to you. Now, she ain't did nothing for you either, but child. I love the conversation between Abira and her daughter, Tabira. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, that is so black. I'm just realizing, you know how, you know how many people I know that got their names by combining their mama's name and their daddy's name. Her name is Abira. I bet her daddy, you know, uh, Tabira's dad, his name is probably like Thomas or Timmy, you know, something like that. And then that's, they combined it and they got Tabira. Child, I know that's right. Don't put too much effort in them names. Shit. I know some twins named Taquana and Quantina. Now, what they got to do with anything, I don't know. <laughs> but I want y'all to know a little piece of me, okay? Quantina and, Quant and, and, and Taquana, okay? Anyway, they had a heartfelt conversation that I, I just really love seeing. Because Abira, one thing about her, you can say a lot about Abira because she might be ready to fight at a moment's notice. But Abira is a great mother. They had this conversation about, you know, making the right choices as young people. Both of them teared up. They were getting emotional. And uh, I don't know, it just, you know, hop in my ride, stash this, hold that. It was a lot. I, I loved it, though, because I love seeing a beer in that element. Because a lot of times we get so used to seeing these reality stars play certain roles that 
you know, it's good to see them in their home element. It's like Carrie on Real Housewives of Dallas. Now, see, you good at your home life. You great with your kids, but I don't want to see your raggedy ass outside of that. Okay, let me move on. Marnie, Minnie, and the twins go to some kind of dance class, and they end up talking about Amanda's basically, you know, displeasure in Minnie's management skills and how she's doing the most for everybody except her ass. Minnie says, okay, yes, it's hard being, you know, a manager for all of y'all because none of y'all get along. And she's constantly being put in the middle. This ends up leading to a conversation about everything that Abira's mom said about her raising uh, Abira at the party. She was like, you know, I raised a fighter and her mama was like, you know, if you came inside after you were being bullied and you did nothing, then you got to fight me, child. Let me tell you, if you a mama, <laughs> let me start case. Y'all know this is my favorite quote. If you a mama, and you ain't never got your baby, and your and the grandmama got your baby. Then you not the mama. Your grandmama the baby. Look, I love me some Jocelyn. Get over it. It seems like this ploy from Minnie actually does work because the twins say that their dad was the same way. Maybe there's hope for a little resolution on the rise. I don't know. Maybe we'll see a little resolution in the future. I know we won't see. We won't see uh Andrea doing a lot of modeling. Child, let me tell you something. You pissed me off in this episode, Andrea. You, we were all raised by Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model. You had the nerve to come in there telling that man that you want to be a model and didn't even have a goddamn lookbook. You know you need to have a lookbook. You know damn well Tyra used to get them girls lookbooks and then she'd take them uh, to a whole nother country where they didn't know the language and had them walking around the city alone, bewildered and strange and stressing them people the hell out to get back on time. See, Tyra was a motherfucking savage, but I lived for every moment of that shit. You knew you needed a lookbook, girl. That pissed me off. You know you needed a goddamn lookbook. We all watch America's Next Top Model. You needed a lookbook. Quit playing with me, Andrea. Now, let me go ahead and warn y'all. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be talking about Little Women Atlanta. You know, I, I love, love, love this show. But this upcoming episode is going to be the episode where Minnie dies. For y'all that don't know, Minnie, Miss Minnie is dead in real life. She passed away last year. I don't know if I can relive that again. I'm going to be watching, but I don't know how funny I can make those episodes knowing how sad everybody is and how sad I was. Because I was, I was shook up about Minnie dying. We'll see how it goes, though, because, <sighs> oh, many. We'll see. I'm going to try to talk about it. Y'all, this is all I got for you, your reality TV roundup episode of the week. I love you all. Oh, boy. Miss Minnie. I just made myself sad. I got to still edit this before I go to sleep. Lord, Minnie, I, I need everybody help right now. Let me get the hell off of here because I'm... I'm Bolo! <laughs> Bolo, take me away! Look, Bolo like cow gone. Bolo, take me away! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes 
and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.